At FedEx, we're making carbon capture research our priority because Earth is our priority. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. Expectations is not going to fix this one. <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, people's reaction to a trailer should dictate how the movie is uh, created or edited. Uh, maybe a small amount, or when it comes <laughs> Sonic. To, yeah, I was gonna say when it's Sonic, <laughs> a lot, like a, a big amount. I thought that um, was a joke when I first saw it. Like, oh, that's a lot of work to put into an April Fool's joke. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William and I'm joined by Alex, David, and Gordon. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like that guy from Community. Oh yeah. Hey, hello. How are you? That's literally the first thing I thought of. Like, what's that character who said like greetings in like three different ways every single time, and then you immediately came out. That's why. Which character? (laughs) The the hippie boyfriend that Britta. Oh yeah. Oh, he always says Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, the actor? No, 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 no. Different guy. Um, it's the first season, right? It might be the first season, but like he's always shirtless. Yeah, See yeah, the yeah. one so with the, small, the tiny the, nipples. The tiny yeah. nipples. <laughs> no, that, that is Napoleon Dynamite. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Really? No, yeah. it's not. Not yet. No, I, I'll look it up what? now. What? What is cool is that how we were remembering is that I watched the first episode of Community I ever watched at your house. Like yeah. way back in the day. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was, of course, the paintball episode, which mm-hmm. always is a great story. so story. good. Uh, Why can't but that's not this? the topic of today. No, <laughs> <laughs> is this, does this really fact check guy? Is that really the same guy? We got sidetracked what? immediately. What? <laughs> that's that's so crazy. Okay, yeah. So it does fact check. It is yep. the same guy. How well, is that possible? Well, now. that doesn't make any sense. Well, it. it yeah. I mean, for me, it was um, Barney and How I Met Your Mother and what what. Reasons when you Bar- first said Barney, I thought uh, we were like comparing like Barney. Versus- no, 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 it's the character in um, what's his name in uh, Malcolm in the Middle? Francis, Which one? Right? Oh, Francis. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like they're not the same person. They're the same person. I'm like, no. And then no, like, I saw like, no. really? No, they're not. They're not. Yeah, no. Someone said they were. No. Oh, thank Look God. this stuff up. No. When you first it's coming out the same time. When you first started saying that sentence, really? I thought yeah. you were saying you were comparing two TV shows, uh, being Barney and <laughs> I met your mother. I was like, what? Hi guys, I'm Gobel. I mean, it's possible if they had a flashback of Barney as a child, they might have used the actor that played. I keep spelling Barney. Mm. Um, but I wasn't some crazy conspiracy that? theories that like Barney was played by like people who were like past like or like yeah, in prison Paris. as like torture or something like that have you ever heard of those no yeah like there were like inmates would be like in charge of like puppeteering like barney and it was like a form of like torture i'm, I'm pretty sure that's an urban myth see but. The, the thing that i heard was that uh they use music from okay. barney yep. to uh i've tor- heard that too yeah. tor- torture but i know I'm for embarrassed. a fact i've heard urban myths about barney Sorry. actually being Sorry. played by like <laughs> criminals that's that's really yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like. That I haven't at looked all. into that for a long time. <laughs> Literally, I remember this as a kid. So Wait, what yeah, are you just, talking about? No, take this with a grain of salt, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what, what? We're talking about we're, an urban legend. We are, that not, we are not endorsing that particular no. urban legend today. No. <laughs> what? 
Don't worry that, about that it. That could well, be a fun topic. Don't worry. I was, I was stealing my own thing over here. We were thinking about I actors. believe that. Oh, God. I can't believe I thought that was true. Well, I was like, I swear, they look so different. They can't be the same person. So, like, no, really, look it up. They also happen, like, at the same time. So, like, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. to be fair, I never watched any Malcolm in the Middle and, like, um, How I Met Your Mother at the same time. Like, like oh, I both true. stopped yeah, watching no. one, and then the other one kind of started coming into my life a little bit. So, like, mm-hmm. they never... They felt like different periods. Yeah, yeah. They, they felt like, like, one's, like, you know, what, 2003 is when... I mean, I guess there's, like, like a five, There's an overlap. There's, like, a five or ten year gap between the shows. Anyway, so... Yeah, let's <laughs> get into it. What, what are we talking about, Will? So, today we're going to take the contrasts of similar movies that... Um, both going for similar concepts, one that did it fantastic and blew our expectations, and one that sucked even though it had great expectations. So, um, I think that our first example, which we're most like feeling great about, is um, the contrast between Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. Guardians of the Galaxy was crazy because it was the first Marvel movie that came out with like no, like there was the first like unknown like mm. movie like mm-hmm. the closest that we had ironically was Iron Man yeah. you know because um, like yeah there was definitely a huge Iron Man fans out there and they would let you know who he is and stuff like that but like Iron Man was a very B tier character until Marvel came out but like Guardians of the Galaxy not even like smelling distance of B tier you know it's yeah. just like nobody knew who the Guardians the only people who knew them were yeah. people who were fans of like the comic books right maybe the but TV even show. but even like fans of the comic books like you had to be in the know to be familiar right. with like the Guardians of the Galaxy so like I wouldn't even put them C tier because in comparison with everyone that would be like side characters that we would consider beer tier they don't even like come close to them and recognize it like no one knows these people like they're, they're not even so in the scared. same solar system yeah and so just out of nowhere they're like yeah guardians of the galaxy movie and everyone's like i'm sorry what and like three people are like interesting like <laughs> even the people who knew about it were like odd choice but okay you know we're the guardians of the galaxy go for it guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, come on man the guardians that was of the a galaxy. that was a um, that was an improv line they were, they were really? really, yeah. Chris Pratt thought it'd be great to really lean in and be meta with the fact that no one knows who they are. So, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was him talking about himself being Star Lord. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the same conversation. Yeah, it didn't say Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, in that I'm. Oh, you're, you're getting it? Oh, yeah. I, was, okay. I was doing a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to be funny. I kind of feel like their funniest movies often tend to be the ones that they have the most lessons with, like. Like when they don't follow the actual plot as much and just mm-hmm. kind of do what they want. Which Guardians plot? are not known well enough. Well, again, like again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for Ragnarok, exactly. They right. were saying that it was like eighty percent unscripted. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy was monumental because it wasn't until the first trailer that there was literally any like excitement for it. Because up till then, people were just like. Apparently, we got a Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it's basically how we're feeling about Elementals. We were only feeling more excited about Elementals. Um, because we know that we've had movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy was the first superhero action movie to really just, like, takes Because that's the whole thing, is that we were used to superhero movies being something that had high expectations from a character that's well-known and making it into an awesome movie. This was the first one to break that formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like you were saying, the trailer is really what sold a lot of us on the movie to mm-hmm. begin with. Uh, yeah. It was really excellently cut. The music was phenomenal. Um, oh my and, gosh, the music. And just, like, it really sold the hype for this movie. And so we're like, okay, this this gets us excited for, for Guardians of the Galaxy. And ultimately, we our expectations were blown out of the water. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry, go ahead. No, please. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> not only that, but also just the humor that was in it. We weren't used to seeing stuff like that in a trailer for like a Marvel movie. Because usually there'll be like maybe one funny quip in a trailer. But in this right. one, it's Chris Pratt just enjoying himself throughout mm -hmm. most of it. You never you know? had a full-on like comedic superhero movie, mm -hmm. you know? We have lots of examples of it now, but that was really the first of its kind. Of, everything was super serious. I'm trying to remember the movies that came up right before that. Um... I can pull up a list. I can so do it by memory. 2014. Really? So, for Marvel movies? Yeah. So, it's Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and Avengers. And then it's, sorry, Phase 2. Uh, let's see. It's Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and then it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. So, yeah, what a mood changer. Like, yeah, I am just better. a subtle nerd. <laughs> you know what? It didn't show. It doesn't show. <laughs> Can't tell. It's not much, but it's not. This would be a good time to transition to the slightly, I guess, more goal-oriented part of this podcast. I'm just like the great trailer of Suicide Squad. Yeah, I remember seeing that trailer and going, "Oh, this is gonna be good." Well, it's Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a good cast on it. You got Will Smith being Deadshot, which honestly still was a good character. Oh, he was. Yeah. Fine. The, Will body. Smith yet again tends to be the only thing in these these movies. I'm, I was just reading up on Aladdin, saying how like it, like that was the biggest criticized thing: the fact that it was going to be a terrible genie. Then it was actually the best part of the movie, and everything else wasn't great. But there's parkour in that movie, okay? <laughs> I saw it. What Prince of Persia style? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what you need is the cut in of like what from the office and everyone turning around saying parkour, parkour, mm -hmm. parkour. It's, was doing things it'll be great it also had a lot of attention too because Jared Little was taking the torch of doing Joker which is such a infamous role for being so difficult to play yeah. and whenever someone gets casted as a Joker it's abnormally big news yeah you know it gets a lot more attention than someone taking even for superheroes like it gets a lot of attention a lot of criticism because we've had so many good jokers it's like okay if you want to be in with these elite actors you know you've got to you've got to bring something to, like, you gotta do something crazy. Um, it's like... <laughs> well, he here's how I see it. It's it's kind of like with Harry Potter where they have to get a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher every single time. <laughs> it's like, are you up for this job? Probably not. Are you gonna last? Probably not. <laughs> Some of them are great, still don't last. I mean, um, so far, uh, don't we basically have a, a pretty, like a one-for-one -one track record of uh, Joker actors going insane? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean Jack Nicholson. He was already. He, he was probably nuts already. He's okay. But like, yeah. He's he's still around. You know, he's done well for himself. Anyway. He's still still alive at least. I don't know uh, about Jared Leto. I mean, he was pretty messed up during mm -hmm. the filming. Was so. this also the first time that we saw Harley Quinn on the big screen? I think it might yeah. be. Yep. So yeah. that was also a big deal. A lot of people were looking forward to that, and it also seemed like a really fitting movie for her to be involved with. Mm -hmm. uh, and Margot Robbie's also a pretty big name, uh, or was at the time at least. Mm -hmm. um, she's still doing all right. I don't know. Yeah, and fine. it seemed to be a bit more... It was cool because it also seemed to have a bit... Even though we all knew, because it came after Guardians of the Galaxy, we all knew that it was trying to go for a similar feel, especially with the music and stuff like that. We were okay with it because, one, it was DC, and two, it was going for like a more like gritty kind of funny mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it's like, like comedy a, but different take you've like got a, a bunch of goofballs versus a bunch of criminals you know oh, yeah, yeah. I was really hoping for a kind of nihilistic comedy movie you know like it's like yeah. it's a little dark and like that's kind of okay you know these are 
these guys are bad people and they're <laughs> and I'm just trying to live, you know? And, it's like I don't want to die. I don't want to blow the, up from the bomb. Then like the bad thing they do is like rob a shop or something. <laughs> it's like hey, we're bad guys, it's what we do. Steals jewelry. Oh no. <laughs> Steals a purse. <laughs> oh, my bad. Breaks a shop window. Steals a purse. Like that's the extent. Yeah, you show how you're people. criminal. I'm just now imagining right, like Harley Quinn, like going into a gas station, stealing some gums. Like we're bad guys, so what we do? And then she comes back and is like, also twenty on pump number two. <laughs> just like, oh no, Harley Quinn is a shoplifter. <laughs> Whoa, the uh, horror, horrifying. So, yeah. So right. what should we first talk the hype about? Was good. Let's talk about the. The bad first. Yeah, let's complain first. Yeah, good place to start here. Why did Suicide Squad suck? Well, didn't they have a change in directors, or at least they did a lot of reshoots? Mm -hmm. I think they I, they did reshoots in response to positive uh, feedback from the trailer, which was done by an outside company. Oh. Um, and then, you know, they released the trailer, uh, and people responded positively to you know, oh, it's like. A Guardians of the Galaxy style caper movie with a bunch of like ne'er do wells, and it's set to a Queen soundtrack, and people are really jazzed about like all of that, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and like really, so and you know they really want the humor to be played up and and all that sort of thing. So like they went back and tried to kind of infuse more humor into it and make it a little more lighthearted, uh, from what I understand mm -hmm. or from what I remember rather. Yeah, um, and that I, I guess did not work. Yeah, so I would say that the movie, the trailer looked good, but it ends up like, I don't know even where you start with the issues. Like, the bad guys is a problem. Like, the way that the team works together is a problem. Like, I hated that. Like, it's like, what they do. I know. They're bad guys. Bad, bad but guys. They're not even, <laughs> you know they're not going to work well together, but then but, it's like... I mean, who even cares about that, right? Like, like, things get bad, and it's like, look, at some point, if the government's sending in, like, the worst people in the world, like... At some point, you go, yes, there's big enough issues that you'd go, even if I'm not a good person, I probably don't want the entire world. But to those aren't the worst people in the world. I mean, like, come on, Captain Boomerang? <laughs> oh, no, who do you think of when you think of terrible people? The guy with the boomerang. Mm. It's, I don't know. Like, Deadshot, maybe, because he's the worst assassin or mercenary or something. I guess it's one of those things where... It's like, who do they have you know, right now? They call it Suicide Squad because, you know... You don't want to be bummed out if you lose them, so you're just going to put them in the worst possible situation. Mm. I feel like when you have a villain that's majorly supernatural, that kind of takes away from it a little mm. bit. It's like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, this is Justice League, you know, level. Yeah. <laughs> this is Avengers level threat. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Where's Superman? Where's Batman? We can use someone. Yeah, it's like, good. What right are you guys now? doing? Come on. Like, why are we doing Batman this? Batman was like, literally. We're supposed to be, like, you know, dealing with riots and stuff. Yeah. It's like, Batman was literally in the movie for, like, two minutes. You could have been, you could have said him. He would have figured something out and, like, you know. So just the whole plot didn't seem very foolproof. Because yeah. it's like, well, it requires a very unique situation that honestly doesn't make sense in the world that you've built, you know? Yeah. You don't What's need... That, like, like, what, what even are the bad guys? Like, I, I remember, the, like, these weird, like, monster that kind of take over people. They're like zombies. Yeah, They're and then rock like, people. What, what is the actual I like think end off bag of the fight? I forget <laughs> even what he looks like. It was like so, an Enchantress? The, yeah, so you have, uh, I think Enchantress is one of the villains, or sorry, one of the Suicide Squad, mm. and she gets inhabited by like an ancient mummy or something. Yeah. Um, that is the Enchantress part. 
Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So who is the so, it's a regular woman? Yeah. She's a art like archaeological digger or something, and okay. she breaks open a, a vase or something that had a, like a spirit inside of it that mm-hmm. took over, and it was like an enchantress. And then she was going after her boyfriend, who was also magical or something. So they're both trying to do something to a city mm-hmm. and repopulate it with whatever they want. So it literally was, the bad guys, the part of the Suicide Squad. It was so convoluted. Right? And going back to the whole, like, having them fight a sort of mystical, supernatural supernatural uh, villain, um, comparatively to what they could have done, which is what they've already sort of done with the cartoon um, movies, where they have to, like you know, storm um, Arkham Asylum or, you know, take out Joker because he's taken over the place or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to have a world-ending catastrophe or uh, problem for them to fight. You could just have something a little bit smaller. Cause mm. Or could it be something that's like the American government can't, like, say they're doing, like, invading yes. like a foreign nation? Like, yeah. like, you guys need to go get this from a foreign nation and come back with it. We need plausible deniability, yeah. so we're sending you guys. Exactly, exactly right? So if you like, make a mess, like, we can just say you guys busted out and did it on your own. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just criminals. They, just, they, do, they do bad things. It's, or it's like know. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, you yeah. know, when they're all, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? Disavowed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's I like think, you can't be reli- uh, liable. I think to your point, Something like um, Dread or uh, The Raid, where it's just clearing a building. Yeah. Like, yeah. a big building, but you're just, like, going floor to floor, just, like, taking out everything that moves. Uh, like, <laughs> that naturally, better, yeah. they did that in the movie, but because it was just, you know, spirit zombies or whatever you want, whatever it ended <laughs> up being, I don't even remember. You're able to um, fight them with a baseball bat, crying out loud. Right. Like, but, like, so if you had... If it was a, like, maybe a gang hideout, you know, like, a really big one. But then it begs the question, like, where are you going to go where this is a problem? Like, are you going to South America? Are you going to Africa? Like, you know, they, they, you can't just do it in the United States, um, which I think was part of the problem uh, is the setting. Okay. Well. Um, I really didn't like, they try and do a similar thing to what the Guardians do when, when the, the We Are Groot scene. Mm-hmm. Like they try to do something similar with the fire guy. I don't yeah. know. Whatever his name is. I the lost one lost family. <laughs> these, calm down. These people don't care about you at like, all. These, these, you've known them for 16 hours, okay? These people are assholes and they don't even like you. Like, why? This is, why this is not the family you're looking for. Exactly. You had they, a drink like, with like, them. So, like, a part of it's like, I don't want that. I wanted to have this thing where they don't care about each other but they're all trying to survive. They kind right. of hate each other but, like, you know, like, we kind of need you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. Because it was supposed to be a funny movie of, like, people hitting bad each other. people. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, they just tried to make it, what, family friendly? Like, I don't know. They're, they're not fighting humans. They can kill people, but they're not really killing people. Was, right? was there um, a debate on the rating? Like, were they debating whether it was going to be R-rated or PG-13 rated for a while? I can't remember if this I was one of those. I don't recall. recall. I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like that's... Mm, oh, mm. this is what I remember, because uh, I was remembering Tome. Um, when the first trailer came out and everyone was excited, they were like, wow, everyone really loves the funny bits. We need to make this movie more funny. And so they did reshoots specifically mm-hmm. based on that. Right. Don't know what parts involved the reshoots, but I don't think it helped. <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to say. Like You always hear about reshoots, um, but it's often... Uh, it's not always obvious what ended up, you know, coming back. I think the only movie 
I can really think of where it was obvious was uh, it was Justice League where mm. they did reshoots for Superman, like a few scenes with him, and you just had like the weirdness about the CGI because he had the mustache and they had mm. to get rid of it. And you're just like, there, there's something really <laughs> weird going on with that guy's face. And I don't like it at all. <laughs> um, speaking of reshoots, do you think that, you know, when you realize that the tone came across different on the trailer, do you think that warrants a reshoot? Because one thing I was just thinking of is Venom had, when the trailer came out, we thought there was hardly going to be any comedy in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that they understood that from the trailers, like from the reception. But they didn't reshoot any of it. They come in to find that it's really dark comedy, and we love it, even though it was, wasn't what we were expecting. But mm-hmm. they didn't reshoot it because of the reaction of the trailer. Do you think that this would have also helped Suicide Squad? Or were they just doomed to I, start? I think it would have helped, just because, like being clear in your directions good, but I don't right. think it would help much. Like yeah, and I think their issues were bone deep. <laughs> yeah. Ex- expectations uh are are pretty big. Like they can they they can make or break a movie. This movie is not one of those movies. Um like it's going to affect the overall viewing experience. But yeah, like David said, like you can't like yeah, expectations is not going to fix this one. <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, people's reaction to a trailer should dictate how the movie is uh, created or edited. Uh, maybe a small amount, or when it comes... <laughs> Sonic. To, yeah, I was going to say, when it's Sonic, <laughs> a lot, like a, a big amount. I thought that um, was a joke when I first saw it. Like, oh, that's a lot of work to put into an April Fool's joke or whatever else. <laughs> What's that oh, guy from the... Uh, they got Jim Carrey in this. this is <laughs> What's that guy from... Oh, jeez, from the, like, no, the Diablo thing where it's like, so is this like a, like he came up to the guys at the panel, like, so is this an off-season April Fool's joke where he just said straight up to the, the panel of people who just announced the mobile, like, Diablo game or whatever? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> people just weren't happy. I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, I think changing the movie because of a reaction to trailers seems extreme. I want to say that they really should work harder to either cut the trailer themselves to give an accurate representation of what the movie is going to be or do a better uh, do a better job of explaining to the company that they hire to cut the trailer what the the tone of the movie is supposed to be That's because if you're not if you're not you know properly well if if you're going to improperly convey what the movie is about you need to do it deliberately. Mm. Because there are certain movies where the trailer is like the setup of the movie, but it doesn't give you the punchline. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. Mm. So like... It's a teaser. M- movies that start off all ha- like happy and light and just, uh, you know, you're bopping along and you're having a good time and then the movie just like takes a complete left turn. <laughs> if, if you show that in the trailer then you're kind of ruining the movie experience for the people who go see it. Yeah. Um, and I think movies largely have a, a big problem with this where they're showing too much of the story and not leaving enough to the audience's experience. I totally agree with that. The, uh, it won a, an award, didn't it? For <laughs> makeup? Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't even agree with. Like, That's, that's a... Va- okay, so out of all the awards that movie could win, 
That's probably the most valid. I'd agree that whether they should have won it or not is still my argument. Did they beat out? Is there anything good that was beaten by them? I, I think know. there was one other that was like, okay, that one's way better than this. And like, nope, so Side Squad. I'm, was it like The Shape of Water or something? No, that's later, I think. I think is it later? Yeah, The Shape of Water, I think, is much more recent. Pretty sure, isn't it? No, I think that was the same year. Really? Because that might have been the last Oscars I watched. Because I stopped watching. It's just, it's just not, not worth it. (sighs) No, it really isn't. There was one year where they were doing. They had two different movies. One which was like really heavily like, uh, like practical effects and makeup focused, Mm -hmm. and the other was like the Iron Lady, where they did like some facial prosthetics to make. The, the actress look like a historical figure and like that movie ended up winning <laughs> and you're just like what is this yeah what is, what is that it's unbelievable there's yeah there's a lot of that'd be a fun topic of just talking about the nonsense of the Oscars <laughs> yeah no, we could do that yeah anyways um, what are some other very oh I think one of the biggest things is that unlike Guardians Suicide Squad had a few characters that had a lot of expectation. And mm-hmm. I think because of that, it did give Suicide Squad a lot more hype leading up to this movie. Yeah. Um, because you had uh, another Joker coming into play that mm-hmm. people were willing to embrace. Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, Jared Leto, um, not what I, not what of what I picked, but he's got his own like idea going on in a different vision. You know, he's got like a different version of Joker, and so I, I can, you know, I can swing with that. Let's, let's see. People were open to it, you know. Mm. See, I disagree. I feel like uh, Jared Leto getting cast, people didn't have a problem with, but when they actually showed you what the Joker was going to look like, that's when people were like, okay. I'm out. Like, See, I know there was a group of people, but I feel like they brought them back in when it got closer to the movie, in my opinion. Like, the, the first mm-hmm. reveal, people were not happy, but then as he, like, when, then well, you had people from the comics were like, no, 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 this is a version that's also in the comics. Yes, it's not your traditional Joker, but this one also exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not totally out of left field. They're not trying to be super edgy. But man, he was bad in that movie. <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, it, here's but everything a, was. It's here's the fun. thing, though, is that they had the Joker in that movie. I'm pretty sure just for the sake of having the Joker, you know, it, he didn't add yeah. anything to the he movie was, really. He was there, and like his scenes are weird. He's talking about sexual attraction to Harley, and you're like, all right, I guess, sure. Please stop. Please <laughs> stop. And they also, I think they also had him in there just to like, uh, sort of add tension to, add the tension of his and Harley's relationship and her staying with the Suicide Squad or not. Um, which honestly. Like, if done properly, like, if we cared about the characters and, like, the characters cared about each other, uh, then it makes sense to, like, have this tension where, you know, she is planning on staying with the Suicide Squad. I mean, this is basically how it played out, but, like, it, there's no emotional weight to it. It's like, she's planning on staying with the Suicide Squad. She, you know, expresses this and, like, they, they kind of make a deal to stick together for whatever reason, but then the Joker shows up and she's like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know what I said, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with that guy. Mm. Like, but the thing is, like, you really, you need the character, like, you need the chemistry to be on point. You need mm. the writing to be really solid. And, like, you need to care about these characters in order for any of the, like, yeah. the, t- the decisions they make to have any sort of impact at all. The empathy in general was really lacking. The only one that was even close to that was Deadshot, mm. which is why when he was one of the best characters, you know? Um, uh, Harley Quinn was another one that came with a lot of expectations. Yeah, Not really. as bad as Joker, but definitely fell flat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they just objectified her in the entire movie. Did she do anything else? <laughs> I thought that was the entire point of her character in the movie. It's like, yeah, she's not yeah. wearing much. Great. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not a big fan of OG Harley's uh, costume in the in the Peter. series or in the comic books rather. Just the like the whole gesture thing doesn't really you know doesn't really work for me. I feel like the ones from the Arkham games. <clears throat> Uh, were really well done, mm-hmm. and this one just took it a, a like a weird, like oh, this is a modern take on a Harley Quinn outfit. I'm like, no, maybe you no. should take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those like Halloween costumes where it's like this character but sexy. It's like, <laughs> oh, like, we didn't ask for that. It's like yeah, it's like what if we had a Harley Quinn but it was sexy Harley Quinn? And, like that's what they did. Just oh, like oh god, they've oh, already, they've already done that, why? but then they just. Yeah. I mean, they also missed the chance to do interesting things with her relationship with the Joker, which, like, I mean, there's a lot of space for that, because, like, I mean... It looked like they were going to do that. They had shot know, but scenes. Like, but it's, it's but. not just, like, that they're always together and positive, but it's, like, like the Joker's a crazy bad dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. maybe it's maybe it's not all, you know, laughs in paradise. I feel like it's... Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> I think the Joker is. Yeah, but they did have they did have additional scenes that they did not have in the movie specifically, where it's just it's showing how much of a toxic relationship it is, her being with him, and this was before her transformation too. Like she was already being manipulated by him. Yeah, that they could have added, and it would have made it a little more interesting. But is, is there a director's cut of Suicide Squad? Who's seen? I feel like there must be. Who bought that? <laughs> Um, hmm, you know what I really want to watch? There's been so many extended or different cuts of DC movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want the Snyder cut. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone needs to calm down about that. It probably wasn't that good. Um, Snyder cut? What's that? The Justice League. So, um, yeah, there is extended edition. I wouldn't watch it because the yeah, extended movie cut. was so bad I couldn't. So, so uh, for those that don't know, Zack Snyder was directing Justice League up until a point. Uh, I think his daughter died. I think, yeah, one of his kids died. One of his kids died, and he had to, you know, take a hiatus. And they brought in Joss Whedon to finish up. Uh, I think, Editing. I think it was, it was finished. Like they finished filming, <laughs> and so they brought him in to uh, edit it and do reshoot, reshoots and do post production on it. Um, which is where like the Superman footage comes from, and like a bunch of the quippiness, uh, like kind of got inserted. Um, I don't know, like some of it's super noticeable, and like some of it isn't. Um, but people kind of blame Joss Whedon for how Justice League turned out, which I don't know is entirely fair. <laughs> like, like yeah. w- once again, like. Like, I don't think that's your problem. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, like, the movie, the only thing that was good was, like, what, The Flash? I thought he was funny, but besides that, it was terrible. Like, I remember the first scene, there's, like, a scene with Batman. Maybe it's not the first one, it's very early in the movie. And, like, they have him doing something, he's, like, knocking out a guy, or he's kidnapping him or something. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, he's got some criminal on the rooftops of Gotham. They're doing some weird shots, and just, like, like, cutting it, and you're like, I can't see them doing this. Like, when they had Batman vs. Superman, like, they show what he's doing... He's crazy, it's awesome, mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, whatever issues you have with the movie, the scenes where Batman's beating up normal dudes, it's a good scene. Yeah. It's just like, a, what, what happened to this movie? It's what like happened the Darth Vader scene court- from uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, that's Batman. Yeah, right? Yeah. There it is. <laughs> and then, yeah, just like, uh, I can't even. 
But we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about. Let's talk DC about Guardians of the Galaxy. Now that we talked, I feel like we've heard a good part of the band because there's a lot to cover. Yeah. But so, Guardians of the Galaxy came out first, and I feel like Suicide Squad existed only because of Guardians of the Galaxy's success. We already mentioned how they came out of nowhere, taking these characters that had no expectations, and in a way, I think that really worked towards their favor because they had less options for disappointment. In fact, from what I heard, the characters are fairly different from the comic book versions, but because the comic book versions weren't very popular, it didn't really, no one really cared a whole lot, you know? So they had a lot of wiggle room to play with. Um, but what was really cool is that this was, it really felt like this was a Marvel movie that was suit, like actually standalone, not because it didn't have any other of the Marvel characters in it but because he was actually off of earth mm-hmm. like the whole movie like it had nothing to do with it felt like it was in the marvel universe just in the same universe yeah, yeah. not it's like sci-fi yeah, yeah you're not you're not watching and wondering hey i wonder where the other avengers are like there's not that problem you realize that it's just a completely different area and you just know that this is also in the same universe as the other marvel characters and in the future we can have you know some fun things involving them which we do which was amazing but um we don't even see them interact with any of the other um avengers till the avengers movie right like in guardians 2 there wasn't any interaction like they kept it in their own world yeah which is very rare for marvel to do because they're all about even in the first movie they're like let's throw in a familiar character you know crossovers yeah they love it which i'm not complaining but because everyone loves all the marvel characters so it's always a welcome surprise but at the same time it's like they really went all in on this one not relying on anything you know and this was the first time we had something that was a comedic tone especially primarily a comedic tone obviously the marvel movies have always had funny moments and stuff like that but this one was like no this one is almost more comedy than it is action. And it was also very focused on just these random people who don't work well together and watching them eventually work well together, Mm -hmm. you know? And and giving them uh, believable reasons to continue staying in. All very different backgrounds, all very different characters, just like very, it was extremely diverse cast, not by like the people playing them, but by the characters and Mm -hmm. how different they are, you know? Um, and they all, it's amazing how they pull together all these completely different characters and make them make this unbelievable chemistry throughout the entire movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that right then and there, that's a big success that definitely went in Garden's favor over Suicide Squad is that in the end, the chemistry between the actors, between the characters, was on point. That was not the case in Suicide Squad. You know, like you said, they had tried to form this moment that just didn't work. It didn't make sense. (laughs) I don't want to lose my family. Yeah. Yeah, No, no. But meanwhile, you had Groot, you know, doing that. You're like, oh, oh, dang. And, And then it was also super clever because then you could have also Rocket carry out the aftermath of that. So not only did you have a believable sacrifice... But you see someone who like like really like carried on the character mm. after the I mean obviously more into the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, and just like see see some legitimate aftermath of it, you know, and just someone who really makes sense to have it, you know. Mm. Um, and then it's in that moment that you realize that these characters work really well, you know, very believable. Um, and then this is also one of the first movies to even take this concept like Guardians is such a groundbreaking movie honestly in a very saturated market and the first one to really tell Marvel hey you can 
diversify so much more than what you're doing right now. Um, they went crazy with the music. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we've had scenes where, like, say you're going to a restaurant and you know, oh, they play that song that you know and stuff like that. But no, this movie was littered with nostalgic music, music that everyone knows, um, and they found a way to just perfectly, perfectly use it in either the tone or things going on in the movie. Literally all the way up till the very end, where Chris Pratt is just like dance off, bro. Like, I've never seen such a Perhaps besides Baby Driver, I've never seen such a good like use of music in a movie like this, where it wasn't just being meta by oh I know this song like no they found a really good way to incorporate it within the movie and actually attach it to a character. That's amazing, mm. you know. I don't actually know most of the songs before that point. Same, like, but like, I know about but, half but they, of them. But they still all worked, right? It yeah. was like like they they picked like some old music that like. Look, people, if they get the right chance to listen to this, they'll love it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it worked. Guardians of the Galaxy, both Guardians of the Galaxy movies have really banging soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And whoever's choice was to do that was amazing. Because yeah. that definitely brought people in. Because it's almost like, look, if you don't have familiar characters to work with, almost having familiar music got you, like, kind of, like, more comfortable. Yeah. You know? I mean, just look at, like... And then also, this is more close to Parks and Rec, you mm-hmm. know? So we're familiar with Chris Pratt as an actor. We know that we find him funny. So, like, okay, at least I know Chris Pratt. I know that he's funny. Was this before or after Jurassic World? Before. Before. Before, okay. So he was really, like, this was what really set him in film stardom and not just TV star, you know? Um, so the opening scene, it, like, does such a good job of demonstrating what to expect in this movie. Yeah. You get to see Chris Pat really stride with his character of Star-Lord. You see the amazing music and how it's going to be integrated into the movie and just how ridiculously funny it is. And it just, like, from that moment on, you're just like, this is going to be an amazing movie, and you knew exactly what to expect. Like, the movie set itself up so well, and it never strayed from that at all. There was I'd, I've watched that movie so many times. There's not a bad, like... Like scene in that movie, like it is yeah. so solid. Pretty good. Um, what's some things that Suicide Squad did bad that Guardians of the Galaxy did right? Existing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. Yeah. Well, we're Let's talking about specify. We're talking about the villains. I feel like this had a much more. Ronan and the Accuser well, yeah, was better. It made okay. So Ronan and the Accuser wasn't a fantastic villain, but he made sense, mm-hmm. and also it was sort of a prelude to understanding Thanos, because it also introduced him as a character that actually talks, and you figure out what he's going after. Um, with Ronan, he... It's called Guardians of the Galaxy, so it has to be a pretty big deal if they're going to be protecting the galaxy from somebody. Right. So, a guy who can destroy an <laughs> entire planet a with a stone... Health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like That makes sense. With Suicide Squad... It's a bunch of ragtag, regular humans for the most part. Some of them have powers. Others are like, um, what was that, uh, Killer Croc or something? Mm-hmm. It's it's mostly just humans and people who can kind of do stuff. I've got this one cool trick on my sleeve. You mm-hmm. better watch out. Yeah, um, and with Guardians of the Galaxy, yes, it's a ragtag group of people who a lot of them aren't able to do. A whole lot but they understand certain things that build off of each other you know like Gamora is she understands Thanos she is a warrior Drax is also a warrior as well and he has some skin in the game uh, you know Peter Quill he has the connection to the Ravagers which really helps them in the end battle 
and also like he's just a scout like he's I think he helps uh, bring the group together you know because mm -hmm. he's able to connect and you know he's very uh, not well spoken but he's he, he's good at charming people basically mm -hmm. so it's it, they can, yeah they all work together to do some like actually save the galaxy uh, as opposed to the other group that they don't work well enough and I don't feel like they really deserve to have a threat that big <laughs> to fight against. I don't know if this is coming something, across or not. But. Something that also Guardians did, which is just hard to do in movies in general, is figure out how to tie these characters that didn't seem too heavy-handed. You know, they had these really, you know, obviously this is a funny movie, but they had some really heartfelt moments, especially mm -hmm. like uh, one of the ones that stands out for me is Rocket and Drax. Some moments with those characters, just like, oh, wow, you know that like that's a, like and they did such a good job of just teasing it just putting something out there and just expecting you to take the other half you know and not having to explain all in detail and make it so in your face just kind of have this one moment that just makes you kind of kind of you know figure out the rest of the piece of yourself you know they give this moment where they explain a little bit about their situation it was in context and it didn't seem like it was out of left field and they kind of just let it hang there and then you could just kind of think to yourself i wonder what the rest of that story is and you kind of fill in the blank for yourself and they just do a just such a good job of doing that giving relevance to all the characters in this universe and with each other and the end goal you know and that's crucial and i think it's really a lost art is uh the subtlety of movie making and uh for this, I, I generally put the weight on producers and focus groups because a lot of the time, you know, they'll show a rough cut or a scene and someone will say, I don't understand this, this isn't going to, or this isn't going to make sense to audiences and we need to make it more, like, we need to make it clearer, we need to make it more explicit. And obviously a producer's job is to say, you know, here's how I think we can tighten things up, here's how we can make it better. We need these things to be in the movie, but that can go too far, and you can end up beating the audience's head with it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's something that did end up happening in Suicide Squad that was not uh, an issue in Guardians of the Galaxy. What do they kind of beat over the head with, though? In Suicide Squad? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, them trying, like, them coming together. Like, like it wasn't in any background elements. I yeah. feel like they could have used a good montage of them going on missions together, as opposed to, hey, we're going on a single mission and we're going to be a family by the end of it. Uh huh. Well, I mean, the or thing, uh, no, we're going to be a family by halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that with Suicide Squad, I feel like if you have to rely on the montage, it's just bad storytelling. You well, know, Guardians of the Galaxy never needed a montage, and they did it perfectly. I agree, but yeah, I still feel a montage would have improved this movie. <laughs> it so. would have, but I feel like, yes, it would have improved, but it's like, if that's that's your moment of like character building is a montage, I just like... It's, it's, it's not great for character building. There are specific areas. I think a montage is good for a... Uh, is basically condensing a single theme, I guess. Mm -hmm. An would, aspect. Would, an aspect. Yeah. So... Uh, a good example of a montage would be Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies. His building montages yes. are excellent. I would say another good montage might be the Shazam testing for powers. Also agree. Solid. Um, I'd say uh, an example of uh, a montage that you know contributes to the movie but doesn't do like the heavy lifting. That's would what be, I mean. Like would that, be that. here's the thing. So like Captain America, the first Avenger. 
you have a montage in the movie about them going on missions and you know I, I forget exactly what uh, Captain America's team name is uh, the Howling Commandos Does, that's the matter. Um, sort of trying to give you context for them and like what they were all up to like during the war but it doesn't like like you were saying well like it doesn't do the heavy lifting right. of the story and you kind of need that to, well, to work another bad montage example something that did do it is the Death Note movie Okay. They <laughs> took a very crucial part of the <gasps> movie and we're going to say, we're going to montage this. And you're just like, but that's like some of the best parts of Death Note. And they just montage it. And, and it's also just like, just like a mix between them killing people and them making out. And it's like, why? Yeah. No, that was... It's so. So I, just, yeah. I mean, so I, 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 could see like, how, I could see how a montage uh, of that would work, but I guess I, I yeah. guess they would just... They just botched it. Yeah. They could... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy overall knew what it was, knew what it wanted to be, and executed perfectly. Suicide Squad had lots of mixed directions. Right from the get-go, they were already already letting the audience dictate how funny the movie was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big mistake right there, regardless of, like, I feel like, look, if it's going to be a bad movie, stick to your guns. You know? Have, be consistent. Could have been, <laughs> yeah, been a better bad movie. Could have been a better Because then you have the, the sub-category of people that says that yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I still thought it was a good movie. You know, like, th- it could be like, oh, wow, like, just having this incoherent. It's like, it's just, it's not just a bad movie, it's just a badly made movie. Mm-hmm. Meaning that it's enjoyable for no one. Whereas, like, if you had a direction that a lot of people just didn't enjoy, like, for instance, I like Last Jedi, but a lot of people don't. <coughs> yeah. There's <laughs> one. We, but, we don't have time for that. Yeah. We, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I still enjoy that movie. If they were like, oh, we've got too many things going on. It's just, yeah. anyways. No. Um, so the final irony for this is that James Gunn is now directing the Suicide Squad sequel. Yes. So we're going to have, hopefully, a better. <laughs> yeah. Come on. No hope Isn't it DC. a remake? I thought it was a remake of Suicide I think oh, they, No, they're it's remaking it. It's a so- oh, we don't. Man. What is even happening in this universe? Is it a soft reboot? <laughs> you do it right this time. Soft reboot. I yep. cannot okay. wait right. for like the, the what crisis in the DC universe. <laughs> Tie all the different universes together. Oh, I don't understand what's happening anymore. All right, we got to get moving. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's so, so there's some other examples that we wanted to bring up um, before we depart. Um, what was what was the... Well, you have one that's really on your mind. Uh, it's the the Hobbit movie, the second Hobbit movie, and and the examples of things to compare it to would be either Lord of the Rings or Narnia or like a Studio Ghibli movie, anything really, everything really. There's, a, there's <laughs> anything. In terms of fantasy movies, the of the the ones that are quality, like there's some pretty slim pickings. Like let's be honest, <laughs> yeah, and, it's true. But the thing that was really hard for me was well. The second Hobbit movie with Desolation of Smog, like I, I actually expected it to be good and hoped it would be good, and so I've never enjoyed any movie less than that one. Because like it, like I, I remember like when it really it killed me was it was the the barrel scene right, and they're going down the river oh and you're gosh. like, oh it's GoPro, <laughs> I've seen this before, and like like that's not great, and it kind of makes me unhappy, but like whatever, I'm gonna survive, and then. There's this scene where, what is it, Bomber gets, starts rolling and killing mm-hmm. orcs. Yeah. I'm like, there shouldn't be orc fighting here, but they want more action in the movie. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to be super upset. And uh, he like, keeps killing them. I laughed at the first one. The first one was funny. You could have done the first one and gotten away with it. The second one was pushing it. And then you kill the 
like 13 more orcs after that point. I'm just like, stop, please. Well, then he stops. It's already dead. Well, then he stops, stands up, and then pulls out an axe and a sword, and he just starts fighting all of them while wearing the barrel. He just spins. Yeah. Yep, and they just die. It's it's so. You orcs are bad at this. Honestly, I didn't even enjoy the first movie that much. I thought it wasn't a terrible movie, but I thought it was pretty boring. It wasn't great. As as a fan of Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth and stuff, I was really just pushing to like it. You know, like you're just Mm. forcing him being like, oh, it's. It's Middle Earth, so of course I'm gonna like it. I heard, you know? I heard a lot of that of people saying that no, Hobbit wasn't that bad. No, it was that, exactly, but that was true because it wasn't that bad. First one. But then, as time went on, you realized that okay, no, that like it did, no, you were that was saying like you were invested in the franchise. The franchise only got worse. So he's like, you know what? Screw it. Hobbit one, <laughs> not that great. I recant my support. It was it was forgivable though. What was yeah. the second one? wasn't right so there's things like the arrows blocking other arrows like shot like right angles yeah. to each other like i don't know how that's possible see here's here's a contrast to that kind of uh methodology um hunger games also a, a book to movie uh thing first movie in my fa- uh, in my opinion was my least favorite um which is disappointing because it had the easiest storyline for a movie and it's not that it was bad it was just okay and they didn't capitalize on a lot of things they could have made it a lot better but you know what? It was still a decent movie. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then guess what? The second one, they fixed all the problems and they made it so good. And I was like, yes, Hunger Games series, fantastic. And I, I still think it's a fantastic book-to-movie franchise overall, <laughs> even though the first one's my least favorite and is totally pretty different. I'll be honest with you, I have not finished that series. You should. The movies actually came out at the same time as The Hobbit. It did, yeah. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have finished that series either. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, so yeah, like that's something that was worth sticking with, and they listened and they improved. Good job, you guys. Meanwhile, Hobbit. They had more to work with, though. But I mean, Hobbit decided to, oh, let's make a third movie on top yeah. of. So it's like they did the wrong thing, where it's like, okay, the pace is slow. There's not a lot going on. You're doing a lot of nonsense, and they're like, okay, okay, cool, cool. Third movie. How are we feeling about that? Right, let's right. Make five pages into like three hours, guys. Mm. So my, my biggest complaint, I think, with the Hobbit movies is, like, the the loss of practical effects. They just mm. do everything as CG, and it just looks so bad. This was before Star Wars came back, right? Mm, uh, which time? It came out... Yeah. This came out before Disney Star Wars came out, but it was after the prequel movies came out, where oh, yeah, they what, were using meant. special effects instead of practical effects, so that like they should have learned from that. Because I was saying, like, Force Awakens took note of that. They used practical effects because of the complaint of the prequels being CGI. So I think that was after the Hobbit movie, so they didn't, like, take note of that, really. And I think more <laughs> movies are starting to take note of that nowadays because we did go a little bit CGI crazy for well, a decade. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, let's be fair, right? Like, if you watch, like, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring now, like, outfits look good still. They still look good. Amazing. A yeah. lot of it does hold up. Even some of the CGI, because they tried to mix in practical effects, still manages to to not look as out of place as a the rest of it. A lot of the prequel scenes in Star Wars looks better. I'm sorry, a lot of the original movie Star Wars scenes looks better than the prequel stuff mm, yeah. nowadays. Like Back then in the day, you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's great. But now looking at what we have for like the Star Wars of this generation and then you have the prequel and then you have the original it's like the prequel just looks so awkward like why is this one the worst looking you know? um, 
So, second complaint about the second half movie is the tone, right? Like, like in in, in Did, the book. What tone? <laughs> well, so in the in like it's it's supposed to be kind of like a, a child friendly thing, right? But like, I feel like. Like just because it ha- it should appeal to younger audiences doesn't mean you can't ha- like skip out on all what the, the like the monsters like Mirkwood is supposed to be this place they go through and like they're hungry they're starving it's always dark eyes watching them from off the path and they're like it's a place of danger and darkness and in the movie they're high <laughs> there you go right whose picture was that what do I do it's with this place Mirkwood yeah and. If you think about it, Fangorn was like scarier, and that's like it, it which is supposed it's supposed to be a scary place, but mm-hmm. that's only just because it was eerie. You know, with Mirkwood, like they had a lot more to work with. It wasn't just like the trees that are out to get them. It was like yeah. everything. There's actual bad things out in the woods. And look, I'll be honest. There's a scene I think in like the Lord of the Rings, just in the book, where like a tree attacks them and Tom Bombadil comes and saves them, mm-hmm. right? That scene is scarier than what they do in Mirkwood, which is supposed to be literally a track through the darkness with, like, starvation and monsters watching them. Like, it, you could have done something a little bit dangerous, or a little, that, that makes you feel like there's some kind of threat on the characters. Or yeah. maybe you could have them have some kind of suffering that goes, like, oh, I don't know, that's hard. Maybe they could grow through something. Instead of, like, it's one of the dwarves. Which one? They're all the same, except for, I don't know. Bombor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like the one that looks like two. Like there's like three dwarves and like there's you, like you, yeah, thirteen you have, of them. You have the king, you have the two young hot ones, and then you have the fat one, and yeah. then all, all the rest of them are indistinguishable. No, no, no. Yeah. There's there's a bald one and a bald one. Yeah. Okay. But uh, going Great. back to that, um, when you're talking about uh, Tom Bombadil, they did have that scene in Two Towers where there's a tree that opens up and kind of starts to eat Mary and Pippin, which was terrifying as a kid for me to watch. So like mm-hmm. that sort of thing, like it it's legit scary. Like the the place is tr- like. The force is trying to kill them, basically. Yes. Mirkwood could have done the same thing, as opposed to, like you said, them getting high. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I don't know. This this one's really just me a complaint fest, but man, this. I mean, another thing that bugged me is that at the end of the movie, it felt like there was like like they felt like they're wrapping up, and they're just like, oh no, the movie's over. Like I felt like you had like 10, 20 minutes left, like in what they what they set up, and they're like, nope, there's a hole in the movie. I was is, like, where is it going? Yeah, like, is this the desolation of smog? You're like he doesn't do anything. He gets what tricked by a gold statue? I don't yeah. even know. Like things they just happen. They stretch happening. it out because they need to have some sort of like big fight at the end to close mm. it up. But it was just like a like a video game thing. Where it's like, oh, we need to go and uh, 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 do this, and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that will work. And it's it seems like they were right on top. Like, okay, you have everything you need. You're all ready for the final boss battle. And then I, it was like, but here's five of the side quests to do before we get there. It's like, but we we're all ready. Like, why? <laughs> it's like somebody threw like a uh, did a bad dice roll or something. It's like, well, the dragon is awake, and now he's trying to kill all of you, and you guys need to like come up with something quick. Yeah, it's also unfortunate because they basically take this big, giant force of nature that's supposed to be terrifying and turn it into a joke by going, let's all run around it and shout its name so it looks different directions. Like, like it's like it's an RPG or... No, no, it's like World of Warcraft. Or, switch aggro, switch aggro. This tank needs to heal up. You just I don't see people like, barrel rolling everywhere. Just, <laughs> 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 it's like, I mean, like, no, it should be the kind of thing... Roll where, for like, confusion. Bill, Bill goes in and gets, like, one gobble. He's like, guys, I don't know what you want me to do here, okay? I'm a thief, but, like, that amount of gold is just, like... It's beyond it. And they're like, how do we kill a dragon? Oh, yeah. It destroyed our entire civilization, like, what, 80 years ago or longer? It's like, 
<laughs> we still don't have an answer to that, do we? I think they get to the dragon, he's like, oh yeah, how do we beat this dragon? <laughs> like, we've been focused on, on getting here, but what about actually killing it? Yeah, it's like, oh, right, we forgot something. Oh, and don't get us started on the whole romantic well, now you have. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny to watch the death scene in the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> <So they're> like, <laughs> Ouch. It's like, why does it hurt so much? Because it, it was like, real. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. I don't know if it was the astounding amount of uh, what, just general, like, synergy they had on the screen. What was it? Um, compatibility that the, the two characters showed? Yeah. Chemistry. So much chemistry. It, uh. it floored me. <laughs> Didn't you hear him reference something in his trousers? He's like, are you going to search me? <laughs> I have, I could have anything in my trousers. <laughs> that was actually a funny thing to say, though. But I mean, that, it would be so. funny, but not in a flirtatious way, but like as a dwarf trying to get one at an elf. Like, because, I mean, that would probably yeah. offend elves a lot. Like, yeah. how dare you? It's like, exactly. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm going to kick you across the field. Uh, but yeah, well, the opposite. Do we have a movie to contrast it to? <laughs> are, we, are we just going to bitch about it? <laughs> well, we were, we were talking about um, Narnia mm-hmm. and how that took... And that's like, that's it's a bit different because unlike the contrast of Guardians of the Galaxy and um, Suicide Squad... Narnia was just a really solid movie. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't blow your expectations. It just did everything you ex- expect ex- expected it to do. Checked all the boxes. Said good job. Then Hobbit was just like, eh, no, not so great. So it's like they're a bit closer together than Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy are. Where they feel like there are totally different ends. And I then will you get- disagree with you on this because I have not hated a movie as much as that second Hobbit movie <laughs> ever. Well. Um, one thing I want to throw in there as well is, and this is like, again, maybe not quite like there's not a single movie they do, but more so just a whole bunch of movies, <laughs> um, is John Wick, where John Wick did something that I felt like so many movies have been trying to do for a long time. And John Wick was like, finally, like, this is what we wanted. You know, when we were talking about it before, you said like, um, something to kind of capture the energy of like Jason Bourne, you know, mm-hmm. and movies like that. And well, Jason Bourne, I feel like kind of encapsulates like, okay, this is a quasi-realistic version of what a, you know, highly trained government operative would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John Wick is kind of like a f- sort of fantastical version of that. Like, it all seems, you know, like he's, he's doing it all, and, like, it's kind of convenient, but, like, it looks good enough that mm-hmm. we're willing to forgive it that. Um, the, the point that I was making was that Haywire was supposed to be like one of those two things, and it was neither of those things. <laughs> what's but anyway? What's so great about John Wick is that, because I've seen people try to take that concept so many times. In fact, I think that's one of the most saturated markets in film that we don't talk about. It's just some a- generic yeah. action dude who does crazy things. Just and is supposed fallen. to be just really badass. Re- ret- just, retired hitman. Yeah. Angel has fallen. Like how Angel's many? Fallen. Like in most of those movies. They're either trash or they're just forgettable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, I'm sure people listening can think of five examples of movies that were supposed to be like that, and it was, like, decent at best, you know? But John Wick was the first one that really captured people's attention, probably since the Jason Bourne series. Yeah. Like, I can't think of something that's been this level of hype since then. And I think that people have been trying to recapture it for so long um, and never quite got that same hype or actual delivery you know and John Wick did that and I think that the main success point was that John Wick first off 
nailed the casting. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a perfect star for this, which I feel like is also pretty intrinsic to the whole idea of this type of movie. And there's been lots of good casts in the past, but it's like on paper, good cast. Mm-hmm. This one actually made sense with what they're trying to do. And second, but most importantly, um, is matching that with a believable um, a motive which I feel like so many of the other ones just have no good motives. It's just like you've got a, a person who now needs to be brought back in the forefront of a, like a really worldwide like threat level, mm-hmm. and it's just him, and he's got to do it, you know? That's it. Like with this one, no. They set up a very personal connection he to all this. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, and go on a rampage after that. Surprisingly so, relatable, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just not, not the relatable that, oh, I, I like, save. I you know, totally I've been there, that. you know? <laughs> I hate it when I retire being, like, a whole, like, assassin and then uh, my dead wife's dog gets killed, you know? I, I can't stand it when that happens, you know? No, it's like... Every time. It's just like, and there's like, if I was in these shoes, I would totally feel this, like, mm-hmm. I get it, you know? Um, and they do it with such a great way of very minimal story storytelling i think you know? what you're saying is all true i think the thing like th- there's such a great thing about the oh whose car was it oh oh it's john wick's car and it's, oh because like that that builds the character better than anything else they could have done yeah but the thing that makes the movie actually way better is the action yeah no nope. so, so i was Good gonna point. say i was gonna say my issue is like the conversation of what jason Bourne to john wick like, like those two don't deserve to be in the same conversation in terms of action quality yeah. like I, like Jason Bourne's action is like cool moves, quick cuts, shake cam. You know. I think even a worse example. I would say better, but worse example of that is the Taken series. I, there's this famous scene where he's jumping a fence, and the camera literally cuts like eight times for him just jumping a fence. Like jump it's just to get him over. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, look it up. It's funny. Taken jumping over a fence it's like insane about how many cuts and how long it takes him to jump the fence even though like the action itself isn't that long but just they draw it out for no reason um yeah, yeah. but you know just yeah. the john wick with the action so direct the people behind it they're like we want to train uh, keanu reeves in all the stuff that we're going to have him do he's already pretty well qualified for most of these stuff so it was more of like training him in things like gunplay and stuff like that um i mean obviously he's been involved in lots of action movies including matrix mm-hmm. so you picked a good actor for with a starting base and they like tooled him up so he's up to the tens you know and he knows how to do all the stuff and he does most of his stunts you know and it really shows and they really do again long cuts these the long cuts in john wick are outstanding some of the stuff that i've seen come close to that i haven't seen in film hardly any other except for like in a few tv shows actually like deadpool i'm not deadpool daredevil daredevil had some amazing fighting scenes and i feel like i don't know if that came before or after john wick i feel like it came just after because after after. but i feel like i don't know if there's a way that they took a page out of that books or there's just finally some people started to get it that this is what action should look like in film you know Mm. um because i feel like early 2000s was the prime time of just like male action stars in like just like oh wow the country is gonna collapse and you know it's just gonna be you you know just like almost like i think what's really trying to stem off of is james bond and mission impossible well, those but less theatrics and more the, gritty you know i feel like more like the the action movies of the 80s i was gonna just... like a sylvester stallone or a john okay. uh, adolph lundgren um like dwayne johnson and uh john cena had 
just a rash of movies uh, in the early aughts where you know it was just supposed to be like a lone badass just ends up having to kill a bunch of people for whatever reason. There's like murky kind of uh, motives and is just a reason to blow some stuff up. I was gonna say, I feel like it reminds me more of the style of things like The Raid. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean those movies, I've seen them and I remember like, those those action movies didn't have a lot of good action in them. <laughs> like that, that, that wasn't their about, they're about the, the idea of a badass, but not like Action. Making yeah. one, right? So, so like the raid is like a lot of like long hand to hand fight scenes, and they're really they're really well done. And like they, I think in the third John Wick movie, they actually have some people that acted in I think the first or second one. I don't remember which one, but I'm pretty sure they do. I I, th- I think I recognized them. So there were bad guys in that movie though. So I think that was like oh, are those those guys from the raid maybe. Mm. Anyway, the basic point is like long action scenes of hand to hand combat, which all over John Wick. I guess most or a lot of it's gun violence, but, like, not all of it. So, yeah. I mean, I, th- I feel like that is closer to what they're doing than, I would say, an 80s action movie or mm. even James Bond, because I don't think that those James Bonds were super yeah. violent, were they? Nah. It was more about, like, the, the stunts, you know, and less about the violence, you know, mm. from what I can recall. It's been a while. I think we've gotten more violent than our, than our cravings. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Must I, be all those video games. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the kill count? Oh, only 40? Uh, this, yeah, this fine. Is, this movie's not that um, exciting. Something that you mentioned before the podcast was um, like Transformers versus Pacific Rim. That wasn't me. Oh, that wasn't That's you. probably oh, me. That was but so that's good. because Transformers is pretty bad. And it's like a picture of him running a dinosaur in one of them. I don't even want to get into that. Because <laughs> I've only seen, what, I think I watched the second one? I don't think I ever watched more than that. Like... Like, the Transformers first movie was like, oh, this is exciting, it's great. The second one was first like, one was, I think I'm done. You see, that's the thing, is that it was just like the case of The Hobbit, right? The first one, you could argue e- either yeah. way. It's like, okay, you could either argue it's a pretty good movie or it's a pretty not great movie, you know? And I think what really sold it was just the rest of the franchise being undoubtedly trash for the most part. Mm. Um, I know, uh, like, a very, very, like, small group of people that's, like, diehard Transformers fans, like, Transformer movie fans, and I don't understand them, but they're like, yeah, it's awesome. It's just like... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You, you get really drunk. I was gonna say yeah. Well, I mean, Pacific Rim is quite wonderful. It's just like it's yeah. yeah it's, it's it's not supposed to be a good movie. It's supposed to be a movie about big robots fighting big aliens. Or yeah, go get them. That's what I want to watch. Yeah. It's sometimes the solution isn't that complicated. It's really simple. <laughs> I think the last complaint combination we had was something I haven't seen, which is what, Solo and Rogue One. Uh huh. man. So. For Rogue One, we we didn't get a lot from the trailer, from what I remember. It was very like it was a very subtle trailer, right? Because in a way, we kind of almost knew what to expect because it was a gap in the story where they've talked about it in the movies beforehand. Mm-hmm. Well, it came late in the game too because the movie was coming out in May, and we got the first trailer during the Super Bowl, which okay. was like January, February, something like that. Yeah. So it was really, it it felt like it was rushed because it was coming out five months, six months after The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the audience was not ready. Uh, We're talking about Rogue One right now. Oh, never mind. Yeah, but I agree with you on the solo point, though. But so with Rogue One, we didn't really know what we were getting. Uh, We had like some idea of what the story was going to be about. Um, But what what we got was just a really well done movie I feel like yeah like uh, 
I think I've talked before about you know trying out different genres within a genre. Yeah. So like Marvel doing you know a spy movie or a sci-fi or just like a heist movie, you know, uh, a western maybe. Um, Ooh, all these sorts of things. Um, but this was the first Star Wars movie that's like that's shot as a war movie. It's like a period um, piece. Yeah, and it, it's basically it. It feels to me like like Saving Private Ryan almost, mm. where it's very like uh, surface level or like you know, for lack of a better term, boots on the ground, like uh, a very human, you know, kind of a, a very relatable story in terms <laughs> of like the the perspective of the characters that you're interacting with. Like Star Wars in general tends to be. You know, there there is obviously that human element. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't have been so successful. But it tends to be loftier in its expectations. Um, and I think Rogue One really painted a picture of like what it's like to be a civilian in the Star Wars universe. And I agree because they really held through with that all the way to the end. They went to the end, and sorry, sorry, not sorry, sorry, not sorry. Spoilers. Um, everyone dies. And the actual no Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone dies, um, and there's no romantic ending. Yeah. Like, they held true with that the whole time. No, like, Hollywood shenanigans, if you will. Like, no. They stuck to what they were going for. They were trying to be different, and they kept it all the way till the end. Like, huge props to them. I'm going to say I really like that, but I like it more almost because there's the expectation that they might... Exactly. Yeah. You got this weird so you're like You're like, are they going to live? And you know that they shouldn't, but like you still have that question. Like, are they going to live, though? Because the... I don't know. This is it was satisfying to watch the way it ended. Mm. It's like, yes, that is how that should end. Thank you. Well, it's and like character closure, too, right? Because like they build up the characters to have specific points, and like they decide to like go all the way in on something. Like, I I don't remember the characters' names, though. Uh, Jin Erso. Um, Cassian Andor. That's the one. K2SO. I don't remember. True. The robot's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great yeah. characters, but for some reason, the names just did not translate. So and, I, and I was starting to think about that point because it's been talked about so much. Guy with a stick. Guy with a gun. I honestly <laughs> think that they just didn't see their names a whole lot <laughs> robot, robot. I think that's part of the reason why we don't know their names. It's not because they're not forgettable characters because we talk about them yeah. a lot. Like, oh, that guy from Rogue One or that does, you know, that guy, the monk guy. It's Ip Man. Yeah. I, I but it's like, like I, don't, I don't think they t talk about their names a whole lot. So, like, See, I think they do. I think they mention their names pretty regularly, except for the two Asian dudes. Uh, Baze, I think. Baze. Okay, maybe. And Chirut. Yeah, Chirut. so I don't know that they get mentioned a lot, but like the names get used pretty regularly, and the, the problem, I think, is that they're not as iconic for some reason like they don't roll off the tongue like a lot of other Star I would Wars like to take a deep do. dive into why that is like maybe to actually do like a script count of how many times their names are said in the script yeah you know? or like one guy's described more as the pilot than his actual <laughs> name he even says it himself so. fair enough yeah um yeah but and then to top it all off the the giant glistening cherry on top of this marvelous Star Wars Sunday uh 
probably <laughs> the best representation of a Darth Vader fight scene we've ever seen mm. in movies. So good. Yeah, we did not know that that was going to happen, but then it no. started to lead one thing to another, and every person had like their mouth open the entire time while watching this. It was like just, <gasps> just giggling with glee. Yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, it's a terrible thing to happen. But it's also like a really tense, like, even though you know how the movie's going to end, it's an incredibly tense moment. I, I, I want to compare it to uh, the last scene of the Mission Impossible 5? Six. Which six? One was that? Six. The last one that came out, I think it was... With uh, the Henry Rogue. Cavill mustache guy. Yeah, Rogue Nation. <laughs> so, uh, but just like you... Not Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation was five. This one was Fallout. Fallout, that's one. Yeah. Anyway, so you, like, you know what's going to happen. Like, it's completely obvious. Uh, but they just manage the tension, just like they managed to tighten it. Just like ratchet yeah. it up so well yeah. and, and just leave you... Like That's hard. Tight and waiting do. for it to happen. Um, I was tense watching that half hour. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how they know they got gotcha. you. Know? I, I think my only, I have, uh, I think three complaints, or sorry, I'm going to say two complaints with uh, Rogue One. Okay. The first one is their use of CG uh, facial to mm. represent. Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia. I feel like using using like a reflection in a in a view screen or whatever, like using a, a profile side of Grand Moff Tarkin would have been completely uh, adequate. Mm -hmm. And it was just them showing off, being like, "Hey guys, look how accurate we can make this facial representation of a character that is already dead." I can understand the uh, I can understand the argument with Grand Moff Tarkin, but I had absolutely zero issue with um, Princess Leia. Total shot out of left field. I think Fast and Furious franchise did it better. Yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> Which is that's that's well, sad. I think, the, I, think, <laughs> I think the real difference is is that these were com I believe completely CGI characters. Mm. The other ones they're working off of, like the Fast and Furious, weren't they working with like the old guys? Footage. With or, his brother, right? His brother. Yeah, his brother, and then using old footage to so it was a different method yeah. entirely. Yeah. Well, they they did pick someone that. Uh, had a, a fairly decent resemblance to Peter Cushing. Okay. Um, but they had to like do the rest of it. Anyway. And can I say that I think that in none of the other Star Wars movies have like the big giant weapons seemed so powerful. Like Oh like, yeah. Well, when, they're, when they're blowing up planets like, oh the planet's gone. Okay. But like when you see it shoot I don't even know what planet it's on, but the one that first draw when it hits and they're like flying away and just like oh, just the wall of debris coming yeah. at them yeah, like, yeah. like like, that looks powerful. That looks very powerful. It kind of gives you an indication of, like... Like, it, it gives it weight, almost. Yeah, very attainable. Because you're there. You're not yeah. from a distance in space. Being yeah, like, oh, oh, no, no, that planet yeah. blew up, you it's, know. So it's flying oh. away. Crap! It's like, oh, yeah. that's, well, that's that, a, we need to go. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, but to finish off, what's, uh, why are you contrasting it with um, Solo? Um, so, I mean, I kind of... Feel where to start? Uh, honestly, I kind of feel a little pigeonholed into this, um, just because we were trying to come up with movies. And I, if you want, I could switch this off to uh, the Last Jedi. I mean, just, just deep dive. If, if we've we talked about the Last do it, Jedi, do we want to? Do we want to? We don't have to go deep dive into it. Just, just real briefly, what you think that comparison to Rogue One specifically? Okay. Um, the characters don't have good closure. Yeah, the last Jedi. Like, in any way, I know it's a middle movie, and so that happens a lot. But like, like what happened to Luke? Right, 
His character didn't have good closure. His character had terrible closure. Mm, terrible. I disagree. I disagree. Do you disagree? Yeah, I disagree. Why? Because he I didn't think, go back and I fix think, his problems? I think oh! I think yeah. he's the only one that actually had somewhat good closure. He had somewhat closure, but if it was he terrible closure. had lived, yes. Yeah? No, if he had actually gone there and died, sure. Because that could have been another moment of specific sacrifice. If he had come down and, like, the reason that they hadn't gone in was, like, he actually showed up, you know, and actually stopped them. Like, the, it's an actual moment that could have been there. But no, they just kind of, like, uh, he's, he, he stops them from afar and then he just disappears. Like, my work here is done. <laughs> like, what? No, it's not. You've been also, on that island for too long, buddy. Also, like, the, the, um, the resistance, gone. It's already gone. They sent out a distress call, and no one answered. It's over. They're down to 30 people. Yep, it's done. And the Millennium Falcon. Right? And, like, like Finn, who even cares what he did? His, the entire thing he did in the movie, pointless. Completely yeah. worthless. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. They give him a lot of interest, and, like, so, also pointless because he's pointless. And then, what is it? Um, what's the pilot's name? Poe Dameron. Yeah. Who even cares? That's so, what I'm picking up here, to kind of sum it up, right, is that you have... A movie that took, uh, you have a movie that took something that we knew about, but put it on a much more real, attainable level, and then you have something that was supposed to carry on stuff that just failed to even do the basics of that. You know, you got Rogue One putting you in the thick of things, and then in this way that Last Jedi was supposed to do more than it had in the past. You know, you're dealing with a much more personal rebellion, and things are supposed to be really tough. And they do play with some of the aspects, especially with, say, Poe Dameron in the beginning of the movie, that, like, hey, dude, you just let a bunch of people die. You know, like, that's <laughs> some deep stuff. I have a rebuttal to that, but I'm not going to do it right here. <laughs> um, but just but just in general, I agree with your, th your thing about closure. There wasn't much of it. A few more things. Yeah. So, like, you know how we're talking about how the wall of dirt made it seem like it's, like, a big, deep yeah. thing? Um... How about a chase scene that lasts for the entire movie where they're, like, behind them? They can chase them in hyperspace for some reason, which they never explain or talk about at any point. They no, just they do, do it. They explain it. No, no, they just say, we can do it. And then, the, then like... They need to destroy a thing and get a guy over here who can get them infiltrated into the thing and destroy the thing, but then yeah. they don't... No, 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 but they destroy the saying. thing by no, flying what, into what, it. What I'm you saying. gotta do the other thing. No, no, what, I, what I'm saying is, like... like the bad guys go, oh, we can track them when they've gone, like, light speed. And it's like, it never tells you why. It just says that they can't. Couldn't that's they? it. That, that's all they do. They, they say that. And then they chase them at low speed powers, launching shots at them for, like, two hours of the movie. And you're like, why? I, every other Star Wars thing, there's fight, someone wins, and moves on. I want to point out that you can track people through hyperspace because of, uh, like, what was it? A, a tracking beacon that... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi used in episode 2 to track mm -hmm. Jango Fett. So they could have just used that and then been like, yeah, we tracked him with the tracking beacon. Yeah. But then that, that would mean that they could jump again and they wouldn't be found if they found the tracking beacon. That being said... Yeah, yeah never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a blue-haired lady? I don't know. Purple-haired lady? She Purple. yeah, doesn't tell anyone or her plan is like, we're not just all going to die on the ship because if you really do think your commanding officer has no plan for escape or victory... You do want to mutiny against that person? Poe Dameron what? did nothing wrong. I'm just saying it. I'm calling it, okay? He destroyed that dreadnought in the first, in the, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, remember? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, and the is like, well, you got all these people killed. Guess what? It's if war. they had jumped 
and that Dreadnought had come after them, that Dreadnought would have been able to get them because it has long-range weapons, okay? Yeah. Well, they would have all been dead. See, it's true. And it, the only problem is they brought their only ship that had lopping shots in space, you know? It's like, how are we doing this? Do do? I don't know. What, what's happening? Like, why would we bring this gun? Uh, yeah. Why did they bring this ship? Why but, did they bring their main ship? Like, really, why did they bring it? They didn't need the firepower. Did they? Didn't they have more? Why did they bring the entire fleet? Yeah, it didn't. They had enough of a fleet there to not bring the gigantic, like ship. Like they could have used light speed okay. to jump forward and, and jump a little how, bit back. How about the fin thing where they send, what? They go to like a casino and then they <laughs> get, they release a ton of Ugh. giant animals that run through and just murder but not a bunch the slaves. of like, murder a bunch of rich people. Like, look, I will say, <laughs> I like. Can <laughs> you think about that? That's a good look. I like Last Jedi. I would like it a whole lot more if that whole casino storyline didn't exist. Well, that's everyone's thought. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Like, like, nobody thinks I want to watch Star Wars. I love that casino part. Yeah, one thing I will agree on, and, and then again, kind of going back to Rogue One, is that there was there was a definitely I felt like a lot less. There was a lack of purpose. Was a lot of the complaints that I've been hearing about last Jedi is that a lot of the stuff just didn't matter. And Rogue One, it was all about stuff mattering. All the stuff added up to changing the entire outlook of the Star Wars universe. You know, even though I, we already knew the outcome, it explained it in a really beautiful way. You know, I would make the same argument for Solo, where there wasn't really purpose to it. You know, it's just it's hey, it's on Solo. Let's find stuff for him to do. Oh, he needs to get the Millennium Falcon and you know, use his special dice like and, a checklist and meet Chewbacca and do the, like, hype, the 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 Kessel Run. Then it should have been like a, I don't know uh, what a caper movie or something could have been. He could have tried to have fun with it because that, that that's a, when you don't need to do something important, you can try and do something fun because that's yeah. always another option. But it felt like they're using a checklist basically, yeah. and none of the characters were. Some, they had in interesting characters at the beginning, and then they killed them off, and then they gave us less interesting characters. So I'd say that that is a, <laughs> a problem. Bad move. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I feel like I can understand like the, the debate between Solo and Rogue One because they are um, they are uh, anthology movies. Yeah, they're yeah. not about the whole like oh, Empire versus the Rebels or what, whatever. Um, it's like smaller movies on a smaller scale. Yes, the stakes were a lot more important in Rogue One, but they could have at least done something that was worthwhile with Solo. And it didn't feel like any of it was worthwhile. Mm. That's fair. So here's something I would say. I felt like there was... I actually haven't seen Solo, and I don't plan to because everyone said it's not very good. So. you got to see Solo. Do I need to? I I do good. I really you, need to? You don't to? have to watch it. Thank you. So my basic point to this is, um, like, in Rogue One, you feel like there's a time crunch when they're at the last, like, part of the movie trying to actually get the information out. Like, you feel like there's a rush, and, like, we do need to get this done in time. There's a worry, like, oh, no, things are happening. Mm -hmm. But, like... Last Jedi, you're like, there's literally a chase going on for half the movie. Eh, it'll be fine. Just leave it there. We'll go somewhere else. They're running out of gas. Oh no! In <laughs> space, <laughs> our space gas is running out. <laughs> I mean, come you on, know, guys. maybe if they had one of the other ships push it forward like they did in Rogue One, they could have gotten mm. farther away. And I don't even want us to get. We don't have to get into it, but I do want to touch on it. just the best scene in the entire movie was when they destroyed how effectively all of Star Wars combat works with the light speed engine and the ship. I would get if it destroyed one ship. The entire fleet, though? Any, it wasn't the entire fleet. No, it, wasn't it destroys entire. the big ship, though. It does destroy something else. It destroyed fleet. a couple more. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if you have a There's better videos of breaking down that whole 
process. Are we yeah. trying to figure out the science behind no, it? No, there's, there's a video of the science behind it, so I'm saying. We, oh, we, no. yeah. we definitely don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't think that the creators of The Last Jedi can use science against us when they have laser beams going up mm, and down. Yep. <laughs> the lobbing laser beams, like, what? Why are so they doing that? We could talk about The Last Jedi. We've talked about it many multiple falls, times. All day. But, uh, but I yeah. think we gotta we gotta get out is of here. Is K two the robot in uh, Rogue One? Yeah, he's the best robot in the series. What's I agree? Actor, um, Alan Tudyk. Yep, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, he's he also was great actor. in uh, Firefly. Hmm. Also in Moana, right? You yes. know, yeah. he played the chicken in Moana. Yeah. What? Yeah, he also played uh, Duke <laughs> Wesselton and. Weaselton. <laughs> Weaselton. <laughs> I feel in, like in Zootopia and uh, Frozen. I feel like we've brought it right back to what we were talking about before we even started the conversation. <laughs> That's the same person. <laughs> oh, God. Full circle. Oh, God. No, it's something different. Oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, with that, thank you for joining us on this episode of Inconceivable. Make sure you check us out at goodkind.tv and follow us on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Stay kind, guys. Inconceivable! When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. The time for defense organizations to harness the power of the cloud is now. Discover how you can leverage cloud solutions to advance your mission at Part 3 of GDIT Emerge 2021. Register today at GDIT.com emerge.